0: Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Which of your fathers, if not, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will, you, will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. As I alluded to a few minutes ago, this is the last in our little series uh, looking at this topic of prayer. Um, we looked last week um, at pr- the approach that we must take when it comes to prayer, what's, what's going on in our hearts, our attitude. And uh, we figured there was five five ways we can approach um, God, and we should approach God in prayer. You can, you can listen again on the internet uh, through our podcast if you haven't already heard that. Uh, the week before that, we, we realized from Scripture that prayer, before it's something we do, is something that God invites us to. There is an open invitation, an open arm to say, come, come to me, come to me, present your request to me. That's where prayer begins, you see. And so this week, to wrap things up, we are, we're going to try and get a bit more practical. This is called praxis, prayer colon praxis. And it's all about the activity. It's it's how, how we take the theory of what we've been learning over the last few weeks and how do we apply that uh, into everyday circumstances. What do you actually do? And as I've been doing over the last few weeks, I've been taking most of our texts today from uh, the book of Luke and the book of Acts, primarily because we've been studying the book of Acts for the last six months together. And so these are really just themes that we are revisiting. Uh, hopefully it's not Completely fresh information to you, but just focusing on this, this gift of prayer. And also, because Luke wrote Luke as well as Acts. And um, we're, you know, uh, we're going to look at both of those together. So we're going to look this morning then um, at, at two questions. I'm going to try and open up for you. Uh, first of all, why do we pray? Sorry, what do we pray? What's the actual content of our prayer? And secondly, how do we pray? What do we pray? And how do we pray? So we're going to look, um, and Paul's just read. To us already, these three uh, words that Jesus gives to the to his disciples, to the church, therefore, um, about what exactly we are to pray. Three specifics. In fact, I would put it to you that that Jesus actually only gives three things to pray. There are a lot of things that we can pray about. There's no, nothing uh, at all about that. But um, uh, there there are three distinct areas that Jesus says you you can pray for these three things. Here, he actually gives you the words to say. Right. Uh, so the first thing and I've got these up on the slide here for you. What do we pray? The first thing Jesus says that we should be praying as His people, as His disciples, is Thy kingdom come. Okay, you can see that in uh, chapter eleven, uh, the first sort of four verses. Thy kingdom come. That's what we pray. Uh, the disciples came to Jesus. It says there uh, one day. And they interestingly saw Jesus praying. Jesus was praying in a certain place, as in verse one. And when he finished, his disciples said, "Lord, teach us to pray, just as John." the Baptist, taught his disciples to pray. And so then Jesus gives them these, these form, this form of words, this famous form of words that we've come to know as the Lord's Prayer. And uh, just so you know, this is not the only prayer that believers in Jesus should pray. Uh, we don't always have to use these exact words to pray. Um, but because of the, the importance of what Jesus is saying, and he states exactly, you know, this is what you should pray, um, the content of this, you know, has like a fundamental um, element to it. It really should form the backbone of, of, of our prayers as a church. So, what are these prayers? What did he say uh, we should pray under like kingdom? comes? first of all, uh, you pray to God, your Father. Um, you relate to him as Father. We've been singing about that already. I'm a child of God. He is my Father. That's how you come. And as we've just thought, uh, God the Father. Uh, invites us to him he doesn't invite us to come to the door of a, a castle you know the the the, the moat um, uh, to keep us out he doesn't say come c-, you know come come and just maintain your distance and and stay a long way away and when when I'm ready I'll come to you no he doesn't do that he he opened asks us to come to an open door and uh, and so we relate to him as father and then hallowed be your name hallowed uh, being, being, you know, lifted up, glorified, made famous, made, made, uh, made much of. Hallowed be your name, O Lord. May your kingdom come. Or thy kingdom come, in the old language. So what are we praying here? We're praying for God's kingdom to come, his, his rule, uh, his reign from heaven to be applied down here on earth. Uh, who is the king of the kingdom? The king is Jesus himself. And so what we're saying when we say, Thy kingdom come, O Lord, Father, kingdom come, we are saying we want the righteousness of your kingdom to percolate in our world. We want the peace of your kingdom to be present. We want your kingdom of justice to be pushed out within our our own society. We want the flourishing of all people. These are all things that happen in the kingdom of God. And what we're saying is we want that kingdom to come, Lord. Come, bring your kingdom. Push it out into the darkness. Thy kingdom come. That's what we're saying. That's what Jesus says that's what we should pray for. And then he gets a bit more specific. He says, specifically, under that sort of heading of thy kingdom come, uh, give us, uh, Lord, our, our daily material needs, because in the kingdom of God, every need is met. Give us this day our daily bread, but not just the material needs that are fulfilled and, and, and granted and you know, satisfied in the kingdom of God, but forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin against us within the the kingdom of god there is there is this 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 culture of grace you know this forgiveness of god for our sins we've just been uh, thinking about that earlier in our service and then as a result of forgiven being forgiven we are forgiving one another we are we are gracious towards one another all of these things are summed up in this prayer thy kingdom come and that's what we're to pray thy kingdom come come on lord we want more of this more of this lord god to be pressed out in our existence in our situation in our church in our world away with the darkness, more of you, Lord. We want fiercer representation of your kingdom. We want your light to burn brighter, Lord. Thy kingdom come. That's what we're asking for. That's what Jesus said. That's what we should pray for. That's the first specific that Jesus gives us, thy kingdom come. The second specific he gives us, thy spirit come. Right down at the bottom of chapter 11 um, on your sheet, Verses uh, 11 through to 13. This is where we get it from. It's the same passage as Jesus still teaching his disciples about prayer, and and what he's saying here is there is a there is a separate uh, thing that we should pray for. Thy kingdom come, yes, but also we are to pray for your spirit to come. In verse 13, and they are related by the way, the kingdom and the spirit. Uh, You know, Jesus is saying, look, remember who you come to. He's your father. And he says, look, you know, let's just, let's just work on the principle here. Earthly fathers know how to give good things to their children. You know, uh, if your son asks for a fish, you're going to give him, are you going to give him a snake? Of course not. If he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Of course not. And then he says, look, you know, you're relatively speaking compared to God, you're, you're evil. And yet you still know how to give good gifts to your children. Verse 13. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus is saying, ask God for the Holy Spirit, because he wants to give it to you. You just have to ask. As I said, this is related to the, the, fir- the former prayer, thy kingdom come, because the kingdom of God fundamentally is the kingdom, the realm of the Holy Spirit. It is the place where all those who are in the kingdom of God have this intimate connection with God, this, this intimacy, this immediate connection, the divine and the human are united together in community and fellowship. That's what the kingdom of God looks like, and it is a kingdom percolated and, and infused by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes and indwells all those who belong in the kingdom. It is the presence of God, not just among all people, but actually with within them as well. And that's what the kingdom is. And again, we're saying, thy spirit come. Come, Holy Spirit, more of you for, for, for fresh You know, fillings of your Holy Spirit for a deeper experience and knowledge of you through your Holy Spirit. We're saying, Thy Spirit come. Thy kingdom come, Thy Spirit come. Thy mission done. Back up to verse 10. Sorry, chapter 10. Again, these are all connected. How does the kingdom spread? How does the kingdom of God spread? Ordinarily, as we've been seeing time and again through the book of Acts, the kingdom of God spreads through gospel-centered, spirit-empowered, community on mission, going out with the good news of Jesus. Look down at verse 1 of chapter 10. After this, um, the Lord, that is Jesus, appointed 72 others, of the disciples, and sent them uh, two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. They're like the warm-up act, right? They're about to announce that Jesus the Messiah is coming. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest fields. Again, a direct thing that Jesus' disciples are to pray for. Go out, preach Christ. Go out and proclaim the kingdom. The spirit baptizing Messiah is coming. He's here. But the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Couple of things I want to pick up in that little phrase there. Uh, this word ask, you can see in verse 2. Uh, ask the Lord of the harvest. It's, it's, uh, the, the Greek word behind that is deomai. And, uh, it doesn't just mean, oh Lord God, please send us extra people. Amen. Go home. That, that Greek word ask means beg, implore, earnestly seek. It is God. Send people to help us in the harvest. We need more workers. The harvest is full. Yet there are few of us. Send more, Lord. It is a begging, it is an earnest seeking of God. That's the kind of tone of this prayer. And secondly, that word, you know, send out, therefore, to send out workers. Again, another Greek word there, ekbalo, all right? And it means casting out forcefully, it means putting out, shoving out, sending out. And it, here it's, you know, considered in a positive term. It is God push out your armies push out your workers send them out come on lord you are the God who is who is liberal with his resources you are the God who is rich in your supply send workers to join us in the mission the harvest is plentiful remember that time when Jesus um, did a miracle uh, that his disciples were struggling to catch anything in their, their fishing boat and Jesus calls out and says you know what just put your put your nets on the other side. And they said, well, we've been laboring all night. Nothing's happened, but what have we got to lose? So they put their nets on the other side of the boat. And, of course, the nets were so filled with fish that the the boats were going to sink. And so they had to call other boats to come and help them. You know, the the, the harvest is plentiful. Come on, we need more workers. This is the kind of thing that Jesus is saying we have to pray for, that there is so much out there. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Thy kingdom come, thy spirit come, thy mission done. These are the three prayers that Jesus gives his disciples directly to pray. My question to you and to us as a church is how do they affect your prayers on any given day or week? Do they, do they set the pace for you when you come to pray? Do you, do you, do you listen to these words of Jesus and, and pray, Thy kingdom come, thy spirit come, thy mission done? Because they form, uh, in, in the words of Jesus, a, a sort of a matrix you know, that, that should form the backbone of our, our prayers. This is heaven's desires for our prayers. Jesus is so clear in these verses here. We don't have to scratch our heads and, and wonder what he's saying to us. Pray these things, he says. Pray them. And this is just awesome because when you think about it, just step back a minute and you look and see what it is that we are uh, commanded by Jesus to pray for. These are, these are, you know, these are top level prayers, right? This is big, big scope, global, uh, universal prayers here. We're praying for God's kingdom to come and wash across our entire planet. And so they must set the prayers of our, you know, the pace of our prayers here at Foundation Church. That's why we've just been uh, praying as a church for the leaders of our of, of, of the UK because we are asking for thy kingdom to come for justice and peace and righteousness that's why we've been praying for our world the tensions in uh, around Iranian waters Lord God peace justice again flourishing these things happen in your kingdom Lord thy kingdom come that's why we pray for for healing if we know people who are sick and struggling because we're saying, thy spirit come. You you can heal people. Come on, Lord, heal. That's why we pray for gospel advance in this church and in other churches because we're praying, thy mission be done. We want the gospel to go out so that your kingdom will grow. Let's get even more specific here before we move on to the next question. Even more specific, folks, regulars here at Foundation Church, members at Foundation Church, prayer is mission critical. For where we are just now, it is mission critical. I feel like we're on a bit of a tipping point. Prayer is mission critical. For us to tip over and to experience more of what God has for us. We've got to be on our knees. We've got to pray these three prayers Kingdom come, Spirit come, mission be done. That's why we're, we need to pray for, you know, musicians and, and maybe a, a ministry assistant or something like that. That's why we need to pray for, for more and more people to come to Foundation Church either through our direct invitations or our online presence or goodness knows what. That's why we want to pray for salvations, for people to see and accept Jesus by faith, and for us to baptize them. That's why we have to pray for life-giving ministries and connections with our local community. We have to ask Jesus. Mission critical, folks. Before we move on, maybe a a question has come up in your mind though, maybe a nagging question, perhaps not. It comes up in my mind anyway. Is it okay? Is it okay? Based on this. Thy kingdom come. Thy spirit come. Thy mission done. Is it okay to pray small prayers? You know? Is it okay to pray for my daily bread? Is it okay to pray for my family and myself and my own personal situations? And I would argue that yes, of course, it's okay. It's more than okay. It's completely great to pray for those things. In fact, um, I've been praying a lot recently for my house uh, it's not a house, it's an apartment it's on the market and we're trying to, we're trying to sell it and I've been praying, Lord I, I really want our house to be sold um, is that a small prayer? is that a, a personal prayer that affects no one else? well, well in some ways, yeah it is, I want our house to be sold I'm, I'm asking Lord I, want, I don't just want the asking price I want, I want a, more as well come on Lord Is that okay, you know, based on what we've just been saying? Is that one of these sort of top-level prayers that we should be praying? Well, if you think of it like this, I think it could be. We want to sell our house because we want to buy a house just down the road from here. And the reason we want to buy a house just down the road from here is because we want Eliza to go to a school in this area, and we want her to go to a school in this area so that we can connect with the community. We want a house so that we can invite our friends to our house, to share hospitality and share Jesus and and invite them to church and 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 teach them the gospel. That's why I want to sell our house and that's why I want a decent profit so we can get a house in the area uh, around here that we can we can serve Jesus. See, that's connected to mission. Thy mission be done, right? Is it is it selfish to pray for healing within yourself or within a loved one because you just want that healing to come? Well, yes, it is okay. It's great because. When we're praying for healing, we're saying, God, thy kingdom come. Because in your kingdom, there is, a, there is no sickness. There is no dying. There is no more pain. And so we're asking, Lord, kingdom come now for this person. Healing in the name of Jesus. That's what we're asking for. So yes, of course, it's okay and totally good to pray for these things, these personal things. Maybe you're feeling dry and discouraged. Is it okay to pray for yourself? Is it okay to, to pray, Lord Jesus, give me, a, give me a touch, give me a, a sense Give me, give me a, a knowledge of you, a deeper knowledge of you that goes from my head deep down into my heart. Is that okay to pray those things? And again, of course it's okay because we're saying, Thy Spirit come. Your Heavenly Father knows and He wants to give you His Holy Spirit. So yes, of course, it's okay. Totally okay and good to pray for our daily bread. Especially when you can connect it back to these big three. Okay, so what do we pray? Thy kingdom come, thy spirit come, thy mission done. Secondly, then, how do we pray? How do we pray? You know what? When Jesus prayed, the heavens opened. I love the little scene from Luke 3 where Jesus is uh, baptized. He's baptized, and it says that as he came up, he's praying. You know what happens when he's praying? It says, the heavens tore open, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. And God the Father spoke and said, this is my Son, with him I am well pleased. And then what did Jesus do? He climbed up out of the the river, and it said he started his ministry. Heaven's open when Jesus prayed. The presence of God fell when Jesus prayed Luke 9, he was, he was intending to go off and pray, prayed with uh, J- Peter, James and John, his sort of inner, inner three friends. And it says uh, in, in, uh, in Luke 9:28, as he was praying, as he was praying, his face was transformed. His, his clothes became white, whiter than lightning, and this cloud came and covered them all. And again, the voice of the Father spoke and said, "This is my son, I'm well pleased listen to him." When Jesus prayed, the presence of God fell, the the, the, the heavens opened. And yes, these are amazing, wonderful, epochal moments in salvation history. And they are unique to Jesus. And yet, and yet, in some way, that same privilege is given to us. Jesus is the Son of God by nature. We are sons and daughters of God by grace but we are sons and daughters no less. Folks, we don't realize what we have when it comes to prayer because when we pray, the heavens open and the presence of God falls down. So how do we pray? How do we pray? This is where we're going to get real practical here. Uh, Scenarios and substance. Scenarios and substance. I'm going to give you some scenarios about what prayer looks like and I'm going to give you some substance about what you do when you're actually in it, all right? Hopefully it will become a bit clearer. These are general comments. Uh, the idea is not that you pick one of these that you like and just do that one. The idea is that you include all of these in your prayer life, because they're all from the Bible, and they're all intended for our good, and for us to enjoy and pray these top-line prayers that, that Jesus is giving us. So what are the scenarios, first of all? Where, you know, what does it look like? Well, we pray First of all, as a whole church, this is something we see in Scripture time and again. A few places uh, we see this in uh, Acts chapter 12. Um, Peter, or James, gets killed by Herod. Peter gets arrested. The church think, oh my goodness, we're losing our best leaders here. What do they do? It says the church gathered and earnest prayers were lifted by the church. The whole church gathered and they prayed for the release of Peter. Uh, Earlier on in in the narrative, Peter in in Acts 4, uh, he was up in front of the Jewish council. He was eventually released. The first thing he did uh, was went to the church, and it says the church lifted their voices together. So the church pray as a whole group, the big body. And we do this. We do this every Sunday, right? We do this. We do this every Sunday. We're going to start doing it as well come September uh, we're going to start doing it the first week of every month, where we're going to gather as a big church, and we're going to we're going to pray together. We're going to lift up our voices together, like it says. We're going to worship God together. We're going to enjoy Him together. We're going to say, "Thy kingdom come, Thy Spirit come, Thy mission done." It's going to start in September. So we're going to do that. And this is exciting, folks, because it's it's there in that big group in that gathering. We lift our voices. We fire one another up. Awesome not just there, though. We can pray also in smaller groups. Don't forget, I just said, I don't know if you caught it, in Luke 9, when Jesus went up the mountain, it said he took Peter and James and John to pray. So there would have been four of them in total, Jesus, Peter, James, and John. So it's good to pray in small groups as well. Sometimes people find it easier to pray in small groups, it's more relational, you know? You can really build trust with with praying with a small group of people, it's just easier sometimes to pray. Uh, if you know depending on your personality and all that. Um, and so we do this in our foundation communities, right? We do this as we, we gather in one another's homes to, 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 to look at the scripture and to pray. You can, you can you can form little groups if you want. you know with ones and twos or sorry, twos and threes and fours of you getting together, praying every week, every couple of weeks or something like that. But you know it's just a, a great practice to pray together in smaller groups as well as the large group. And it helps. And thirdly and finally you can see solitude on your own something we see Jesus practicing a lot especially in the book of Luke it says that you know he went to desolate places to pray on his own Luke 5:16 he went up a mountain to pray on his own Luke 6:12 even at the beginning of the lord's prayer as we have it Jesus is praying presumably alone it's only then that the disciples come and say teach us how to pray as well Jesus loved to be alone to pray enjoying That status as a son of God, the son of God. Even did all-nighters from time to time, praying through the night passionately. Solitude. All of these are to benefit you and us as a church. All of them are kingdom, spirit, mission prayers. Maybe you prefer one of those types over another. Maybe you're more comfortable on your own in solitude. Maybe you love the big group. Um... Let me just say to you, don't, don't avoid one of those three. If you find there's one you don't like, may I challenge you to, to push into it, to lean into it. Because you will bless everybody else. Learn to encourage one another. Okay, so there are the three scenarios in general. What about the substance then? How do we pray? Substance. And le- let me just say here, it's not just like there's only three ways you can do it, okay? There is so much latitude, there's so much creativity that we can use uh, in, our, in our prayer. This comes across all three scenarios, okay? So we can use this. Uh, um, I should have done a better diagram or something like that, but um, let me explain it first, then you can see how they all c- uh, connect to each other. So extemporaneous prayers. What do our prayers look like? Extemporaneous just means pouring our hearts out. Making it up on the, on the spot, so to speak. it's Kind of like ordinary conversation, like you might have with your friend or your spouse or whatever. Uh, you, don't, you don't often think ahead about what you're going to say. You don't prepare it. You don't take notes. You, you know, it just, just comes out. It's just, it's, just, it's just you talking to your close friend or, or what have you. And, and, and that's one of the ways that we can pray. Just, just you and God, or us and God. Um, ordinary conversation. Sometimes people find that difficult, especially in the big group setting. Sometimes people get flapped and think, "Oh, I, I I can't say the right things." But this is a skill, uh, and a, 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 that we can learn. No matter where you stand and how long you've been a Christian, this is definitely something that we can we can learn to do. Uh, whether it's in solitude on your own, or whether it's in a small group or in the whole whole group, we can learn to pray, just pouring out our hearts. Here's a tip: if you struggle with this sort of prayer, um, pray short prayers. Don't think that you have to come up with something that lasts for five minutes. Pray short prayers. One-liners is fine. And by the way, the, the, the opposite is other, also true. If you are one of these people who likes to pray long prayers in your prayer meetings, um, just for the benefit of everyone else, maybe just shorten them and, and jump in again in a few minutes' time, just to allow people to, you know, to, to all enjoy and, and pray together. Sometimes, you know, in our, in our passion, uh, to pray long prayers... Uh, we can actually put off other people as well. Um, you know, we we inadvertently say, this is how you must pray. And then we go on for five minutes. And, and, and not everyone can do that. Not everyone feels comfortable or able to do that. So let's just, uh, to bless and encourage one another, let's keep them short. One-liners, let's jump in. Uh, extemporaneous prayers. When you're on your own with Jesus, you can pray as long as you want. The longer, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Okay? Extemporaneous, right? Making it up as you go along. That's okay. Uh, the next... Type though is a pre-built prayer, right? Or a liturgical prayer. Extemporaneous or making it up as you go along is not the only way to pray. It's not the most spiritual way to pray. Um, think about it like this: some some communication we've just been thinking between friends. It's just casual. You know, there's that intimacy, there's that trust, and you and you just talk. And some prayers are like that. But there are other forms of communication that we do naturally, uh, where a certain level of preparation is required to get our words really right. Uh, for example, if I'm if I'm uh, taking a wedding, uh, I, I write pretty much everything down, everything down from the welcome to the goodbye at the end, because words matter, because this couple, it's their it's their special day, there's family, everybody's hanging on the words you're saying, everybody needs a clear lead. I need to have those words really well thought out and well well written down. You, uh, Take it for another example. Say if you're giving a lecture or a talk or something about your, your background or your, your profession or whatever, and you're, you're giving a talk in front of the boss at work or, or uh, some important people or some, you know, some top leaders in your, in your profession or your country or something like that, you're not just going to stand there and yabber away on the microphone. You're going to prepare your talk. You're going to practice it. You're going to maybe even write it down so you, you, you get the words just right, the way you want it. And so sometimes God... Gives us these prayers as well. That's totally okay. Pre-built, pre-written, sort of liturgical prayers. We've just read one earlier on today already, the Lord's Prayer. This pre-built prayer that the church for 2,000 years has used those exact words to come to Jesus and to pray. That's totally fine. There's another prayer in the Bible, for example, the Aaronic Blessing. You know, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his face and give you peace. That 's a set prayer, and I, I pray it over my daughter every night uh, when I put her to bed it 's the same words, and yet there is such richness and blessing there um, so you know occasionally uh, preformed or liturgical prayers are great. Um, you can pray scripture, you can write your own prayers if you 're into journaling uh, we can use ancient written prayers to to form the you know the words in our mouths. this will probably make you think I'm a total geek but I like to use this little book here got it on eBay, smells old, it is old it's the Book of Common Prayer and um, I like to pray a prayer from the Church of England, Book of Common Prayer, this one's from like 1850, it's well old right and um, I like to pray one of those before I go to bed just because it puts words into my mouth and it gives me a way to express uh, love and thanks to God and my own words can't do sometimes you might think of other things you could use These are great, these little books here as well. The whole series you can get, Five Things to Pray. And it just helps you to form some words and gives you some thoughts. This is five things to pray for your city. Um, You can have five things to pray for your church, five things to pray for your family, five things to pray for your world, etc. So they're really good. And again, just help to form the basis of your prayer. Okay? Making it up as we go along. Uh, pre form prayers. Both cool. Both in the Bible. Uh, Finally... Not, not quite as common, but just still important nonetheless, is praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues. Um, maybe you've never heard of this before, or you've never done it, or maybe you have heard of it and you have done it, but it's in the Bible, right? Uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, uh, Pray in the Holy Spirit at all times, Jude 20. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Um, this, this is probably a bit of a, something we're going to come to look at and study a bit more as a church as we go forward. Um, this is something that can happen uh, praying in tongues, uh, a sort of a tongue, you know, a tongue not your own um, can happen on, in solitude as you're on your own praying to God. Um, may happen in a whole group setting. It may happen in a small group setting, etc. But the point is, as a church, um, we, we are gospel centered and spirit empowered. And we want to allow space within our prayer meetings and our gatherings and our worship times uh, for the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Uh, because they're all given to us to, to build us and strengthen His church. We want to welcome that. Uh, and so um, this is an area that we'll probably um, think more about and practice as well going forward. Um, but such things, uh, including prophecy as well, really just add so much fire to the prayer meeting. Um, so something, again, we'll just think about. just wanted to put it up there to get, get it in your minds. Okay? Substance and scenario. That's how we pray. Sometimes we do it with worship. Sometimes we do it with fasting, sometimes it's planned, sometimes it's completely spontaneous. But this is where we're going to close out just now. Prayer is a key piece of the missional puzzle. It is mission critical. Prayer is the weapon that we have at our disposal against the kingdom of darkness. I read this quote earlier on in the week by Pete Gregg, who heads up 24-7 prayer. He said, when God is about to initiate a new movement of his spirit, he always begins by mobilizing his people to pray. So my challenge to you as we close out this series is are you going to add your voice as we pray to God as a church, thy kingdom come, thy spirit come, thy mission done. Folks, we're going to stand together just now and we're going to come now to respond. So why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray together.